Good morning, Church. We warmly welcome you again. Now, uh, this month we have been focusing on the topic of stewardship, right? So, and, and so I, I just pray that you have been blessed throughout this month with this series. And today we are going to conclude with this topic on stewardship of time, okay? Stewardship of time. You know, there, uh, there's this story where there, there was a first grader, right? Standard one student who, who asked his mother this question. And um, so this was the question he asked. Mom, why does daddy bring home a briefcase full of papers every evening? And, uh, you know, he, he comes back and then he continues to work uh, at, at home when he brings back the papers. And so mommy had to explain. You know, son, it's, uh, it's because daddy has so much to do that he can't finish his work in the office. Now, I'm not sure if this resonates with some of you. Right? Uh, and then you know what? This is what the son said. The son said, Well, then, said the child, why don't they just put him in a slower group? Now, isn't that very cute, right? It's cute because the, the child, being a, a student, uh, understands this concept. Okay, so if you are a bit slow, then in class they might put you in a slower group so you can catch up, right? And then you have more time to catch up. But the reality check is this, my dear friends. Uh, in this crazy-paced world that we live in today, uh, don't you and I sometimes wish that we too are put in a slower group? Don't you wish that we can just dial back a little and then you know, slow down our lives uh, you know, in, in the rat race that we are living in? We just feel like it, it's just getting, getting uh, too much air, right? The, the, the expectations, the demands of work and, and all that is around us. But the reality is this, that... The no, no matter how many goals we set, this last, last week or the week before I was, I was at a church camp and I was, I was the teacher in the church camp and I asked this question to some of them. I asked them, you know, in the last few years, how many of you have set goals, right? How many of you have set goals? And, you know, everyone's hand went up and then they said, yeah, we have all set goals. And so I asked the question, so let's do a reality check. How many of you have actually met those goals or may manage to fulfill those goals. And when one, one uh, young man, he told, he was very honest, he said, I have fulfilled none of my goals, right? I have fulfilled none of my goals. But uh, we, we know that we only have 24 hours a day, right? We don't have more than 24 hours a day and we all have the same amount of time. With our abilities, you know, perhaps Joel might have different abilities, or Pastor Swansea might have different abilities, or some of you might have different abilities, right? Even, even, with your, even with your treasure, God has given us different treasure. But when it comes to time, we all have the same amount of time. Do you agree? We all have 24 hours a day that we need to, to use. And how do we use this wisely uh, in order to fulfill the things that God has for our lives? And today I want you to know this. This message is not a self-help sermon, okay? It's not a self-help sermon. It's not a motivational talk on how you can do a better time management. If you want to find out how you can manage your time better, uh, I would encourage you to... There's so, much, so many resources out there, right? Books you can read and you know, stuff on the internet that you can get help on. Today's message is about us looking at the time that God has given us as a resource and looking at some biblical principles or biblical perspectives on what it should mean to us as Christians to be stewards, to be good stewards, not just stewards, 
to be the best stewards we can be, to be good stewards of this precious resource of time which God has given us. But the caveat is this, the key is this. Not for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. Amen? Now I want you to tell your neighbor that. Those of you at home as well, you can tell your neighbor that. Not for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. I can't hear you. We have so many, so many on the floor. Not for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay? Alright. So, uh, this morning we'll be looking at some nuggets that we can take back and uh, prayerfully apply from the book of uh, Nehemiah. Okay? Nehemiah. Now, that might be a strange book. Uh, and as I was waiting on the Lord, I heard the Holy Spirit say Nehemiah. And then I said, wow, really Nehemiah? Well, what can I uh, teach about time management from Nehemiah? And then I was amazed when I started reading. And, and uh, there are a number of points that we are going to consider today, right? Okay. Now, open your Bibles. And we are going to be looking at uh, maybe the first six chapters of Nehemiah. We'll be moving around, okay? The first six chapters of Nehemiah. And starting from Nehemiah chapter 1. Uh, let's take a look at this. Nehemiah 1, verses 1 to 4. Okay, 1 to 4. And I'm going to read. In late autumn in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. And the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And verse 4, okay, verse 4. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Take home number one. And this is key, okay? This is key because this sets the foundation for all the other take homes. If we don't capture this and if this doesn't resonate with us and if we cannot identify with this take home, all the other take homes are going to be pointless, right? So this is very important. Take home number one. A good steward of time will prioritize seeking God's heart before doing anything. Right? A good steward of time will prioritize seeking the heart of God before you, you get into action to become a doer. Right? Before you, you do the things of God. Before you go and you know, try to uh, get into a ministry or you know, do things in your job or your family. You, you will first seek the heart of God in a matter. You know, Nehemiah, when he heard this, he could have started by, you know, putting on his thinking cap, like, like what we often do, right? The moment we are faced with a problem, we don't seek the Lord. We don't very often seek the Lord first, right? We, we put on our thinking caps and we say, oh, now how shall I overcome this? What strategy should, should I, you know, uh, use to uh, address this, uh, this problem, right? How can I uh, get around this? And, and, and when we start doing that, we are using the principles of the world. We are using the wisdom that, that, we, that, that, that we think we have, right? Okay? And, and Nehemiah, um, he could have taken offense for his, uh, you know, for, for his people, right? 
and, and let his pride be heard and started planning strategies. Because when he heard this, his people, the Jews, were now in, in turmoil, right? And they were in disgrace. And because he, uh, in his heart, he could, he could have felt bad for them. And the situation was dire, don't you think so? Don't you agree the situation was dire? Sometimes, aren't we like that? We are faced with such a dire situation that uh, we feel that we need to do something to, to, to address it. Can you resonate with what I'm saying? I know I'm like that sometimes, right? And I feel that I need to do something that, to address it. And, and so I try to strategize. I call this person, I call that person, and I talk to them. But I have not taken the time to sit down at the feet of God and, and allow the Lord to you know, engage me. Okay? So you can see here, Nehemiah didn't do any of this because he was not a man on his own mission or agenda. Now this is the difference. He wasn't on his own mission, he wasn't on his own agenda, and so he was entirely yielded to God's mission and God's plan for him and his people. And, and in verse 5, we read in verse 5, it says this, right? The great and mighty God who keeps his covenant. And so Nehemiah, at the end of the day, he was affirming that it was all about God's plan for, his, for the Jews and for his life, right? So my dear friends, this morning, what is it that you and I are pursuing with our time? Today's topic is time. So what is it that you and I are pursuing with time? Is it the agenda of God? Is it the plan of God? The reason why Nehemiah was able to go on his knees and seek the Lord is because he was on the, the mission of God. He was on the agenda of God. But if you are pursuing other things, your own plans separate from the will of God for your lives, your, your own desires, your own motivations, right? Most of the time, you will only come to God when you want to seek blessing, when you want Him to bless what you have already decided for yourself. Are you following me? Not seeking Him for direction, not seeking Him for, for, for what He would have you do. So this morning, I want us to get this, that before we even dive into any of the other points, if we have failed to capture this first point, none of the other points are going to matter to us, right? So the question I, I have on the screen is this. How much of what we do with our time do we even seek God for direction? For some of us, we may try to fit serving God into our busy schedules, just like we would fit other appointments into our calendar. But God is saying no. Today is a time for reset. As good stewards of His time, God is asking us to prioritize what matters. Right? We need to catch a fresh vision from God. Why are we here today? Is it just to come together on a Sunday and then go back to our, to our normal lives and continue as usual? We come into the presence of God so that we can encounter the living God and continue to catch fresh visions from Him, my friends. Right? It's these visions that we catch from Him which keep us going and pressing forward so that we can become good stewards of the time that He has given us to fulfill the, agendas of the, of the agenda of the kingdom. Amen? And so as we spend time with God and catch His vision for our lives, we are moving on to point number two. And we are going to look at Nehemiah um, chapter 1 and verses 11 
the, the second part of verse 11 and Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1, right? And this is what Nehemiah says. In those days, I was the king's cup bearer. Okay? So he was declaring what he was. That was his job. That was his position, his role, right? So we all have our positions, we all have our roles, okay? Some of you are teachers, some of you are accountants, some of you are, um, are youth workers, right? Some of us are building, uh, building managers, okay? Uh, some of us are bosses, some of us are businessmen. So Nehemiah says here, what does he say? In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. And then he goes on to say, uh, Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine, and I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So point number two is this. A good steward of time will be faithful in our daily responsibilities while waiting for the vision to unfold. Now, we need to first catch the vision, okay? I want you to get that. If we have not caught the vision of God for our lives, then we are going to be perpetually stuck just being contented with our current role, our, cur our current position, okay? So you see here that... Um, Nehemiah didn't stop seeking God during that time, okay? And, and there, there was a period, there was a period of many months before he came into the presence of the king because what does it say here? It says that, uh, it, it says that it's, when he first started seeking, it was when? Late autumn, right? Late autumn. Hello? Are you following me? Late autumn, right? Is that what your Bible says? Is that what your Bible says? Late autumn, okay? And... When did he come and have the audience with the king? In early spring, right? So many months would have passed, okay? And, and during that period, he continued to use his time faithfully, completing his responsibilities so that he was able to then find favor with the king, right? So you can see here that it said that I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So meaning to say that all those months when he continued to serve wine to the king, right? He continued to do it, not distracted, not feeling downcast. Yes, he was probably feeling you know, downcast, but he continued to trust God. But during that time, he, was, he remained faithful in the things that God had called him to do for the season, knowing that a new season was coming. But right now where he was required his faithfulness. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 tells us this. Okay? Work, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So as good stewards of time, we will not shortchange our employers. We will not, you know, uh, uh, take shortcuts. We, 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 will, we, we will give of our time to our families. We will do and fulfill our responsibilities with the time that God has given us. Right? Knowing that all these things are just as important as this new season that God is taking us into. All these things are just as important for you to be a good steward while you wait for that breakthrough, while you wait for that miracle, while you wait for, for that encounter, right? So all these things are just as important, okay? So wherever you are today, if you have perhaps already caught the vision of God for your lives, right? Some of you may have, some of you may not. 
but you may have already caught it. And then you're wondering, why is this season taking so long? My encouragement to us, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, continue being faithful. Amen? Continue being faithful where, where you are so that you are able to, uh, you know, to, to see God working even in the current circumstances. And God's favor is going to be upon you like God's favor was with Nehemiah. Right? And so God has an ultimate purpose for each of us to fulfill. Okay? And, um, and sometimes, like myself, I can get carried away with a bigger vision. And I had to learn through the hard way. So I got carried away with a bigger vision and then I got impatient, okay? I get impatient sometimes and, and so I just uh, you know, feel that where I am right now, I just want this season to pass very, very quickly. You know, I want to move into the new season. But don't do that because the process, the process that we are going through, the journey that we are going through is as important. God is equipping us, God is preparing us for what, to, what is to come, right? So the process is as important as the destination, the final destination. Okay, tell your neighbor that. The process is as important as the final destination, okay? The process is as important, right? So before we move on to point three, for those of you who have not gone through step one, and you don't have a vision, right? You know what's going to happen? You are going to perpetually be stuck on step two. You will not be moving on to the other steps, right? Why? Because our lives, unfortunately for many of us, are just about the daily routines are just about where we are right now. Are just about, oh, I'm just a teacher, so I'm going to continue being a teacher until I retire, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, and then I'm just going to enjoy retirement, or whatever job you, you, you're holding, right? But I'll come to church, and I'll serve in some ministry somewhere, right? As long as they ask me to serve, I'll serve. But we haven't gotten into that secret place with God, in point number one, take home one, right? And spend that time seeking Him for that vision for our lives. Right? So I want you all to know that. You have to do that. Don't, don't limit your life to what or where you are right now. Because God has a bigger vision, a bigger plan for your life. Amen? Okay? So let's move on to take home um, number three. Take home number three. So I'm going to read this now. Verse... Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. And so the king asked me, Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And then I was terrified. But I replied, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Take home three. A good steward of time will be sensitive and obedient to God's timing. So you read, you read what Nehemiah said, right? You see, he waited for many months and he was waiting for this very moment, right? And he had been spending time with God and he knew that the moment would come. But at the same time, you can see that the Bible says that Nehemiah was terrified. Okay? He knew that to walk in obedience required him to take a huge risk, right? You know, a cupbearer showing that he, he's sad, it can displease the king. 
and his life could be at risk, right? And so it was a huge risk that he was taking. But throughout the many months, he didn't show what he was feeling. But he knew that this was the right moment, okay? So he was being sensitive. As good stewards of time, we need to be sensitive and obedient to God's timing. The Holy Spirit is going to show us when we need to respond, when we need to speak to someone, when we need to go and, and make that phone call, when we need to go and make that appointment, right? Just like Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus himself, he only did what he saw the Father do, right? And how, how was he able to see what the Father did? Was he in heaven with the Father? No. Jesus spent hours seeking God so that he, he was able to download what the Father did and so he was sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and he was able to be a good steward of time knowing that this is the moment for me to go and, and do this, right? This is not the time yet. I need to wait. So the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that leads you and I. Amen? Okay? And so, when Nehemiah knew that this was a, the divine moment, for, for divine op opportunity, he took it. He took that opportunity. So what are the divine moments which God is bringing into your lives? Every day, there are people that come into our lives and God wants us to encounter. Some of you know, Preman is sitting here. I, sh I think he shared this testimony before. If you have gone, if you have not gone to see that testimony um, of Preman, go and check out our website. I think it's there, right? On the website. And, and he, would, he would share with you how one day, out of the blue, I was prompted to call him. I was prompted to call him and just say, let's catch up, right? Okay? And so we were catching up and chatting. And I felt this prompting and I, I just sensed that it was going to lead to something. And he had seen a vision of me praying for him, right? A few days back. And his knee was going to be well. And, and so that was a divine moment, right? And that was me now being led by the Holy Spirit and, and now taking that leap of faith, being a good steward of time, and capturing that opportunity, that divine opportunity that God had given. Okay? So my friends, God has divine opportunities for each of you. As you catch that vision, as you continue to be faithful in all that He has called you to do, there are people that He wants to save through you. Right? As good stewards of time, there are people He wants to save through you. There are lives He wants to impact through you. There are hearts that He wants to heal through you and me. And all this requires us to, to yield every day to God's leading and respond in obedience. Amen? Can I get an amen for that? Amen? Yeah? Alright? So let's go to point number four. A good steward of time, a good steward of time is ready to sacrifice conveniences and comfort. Okay? So let's look at this. Nehemiah... Uh, so we see the story that the king asks him what's wrong and then as you read on you'll see that uh, he told the king what was wrong with his people at home and he got favor from the king right and the king gave him whatever he needed to take back and uh, you know it's like uh, something unimaginable okay in those days but he got the favor because God was on his side and when he got the favor he traveled all the way back to Jerusalem and that journey would have been a difficult journey it would have been a tiring journey. It would have been a dangerous journey. It, it, uh, they would have been tired. They would have been, they would have been fatigued. But in, in verse uh, chapter 2, verse 11 to 15, this is what it says. And so I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. Uh, I arrived in Jerusalem. 
and three days later I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem, and we took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. And after dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal well, and over to the dung gate to inspect broken walls and burnt gates. And then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. And so, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. So as I said, this was after a very long and tiring, dangerous journey. But here we see that right after three days, right, Nehemiah decided that it was time to get into action. It was time to get into action. He also saw that the need, uh, he also saw that there was a need to do it out of the normal hours. Can you see that? He, he didn't say that, oh no, uh, you know, at night we need to, we, we need to it's, it's time to rest, it's time to sleep, right? He didn't say that, uh, he, he didn't say that, no, I've taken such a long journey, I need a longer rest. I, I, he, he knew that they needed to get into action quickly. And so the point here is this, a good steward of time, there are times we are going to need to work with God even when it inconveniences us. You know, I sometimes we get phone calls and we and you know we are asked for help, right? I'm in the Ministry of Deliverance, and we get calls at all kinds of hours, okay? And it can be very tiring this ministry. And sometimes within me, I just want to say, no, it's just uh, it, it's it's just too much already. I just need a break, right? I I had a long long week at work, and I can't uh, I I can't just uh, you know leave everything and go. But they are so desperate. And so we know that God has given a divine opportunity, a divine appointment, and these people need help. And, and very often we are here, the team is here till 2 in the morning, till 3 in the morning, counseling people, doing deliverance, because we know that it's necessary, right? And so likewise in your own lives, what is it that you have been quick to say no to, right? And you say, no, my time is my time. This is my time for me to... Uh, you know, go for a holiday or, or to take leisure time. I'm not saying those things are wrong. Don't get me wrong, yeah? We need holidays. We need our leisure time. But God asks us to come out of our comfort zones, to say yes to Him when there's a need, and we need to be sensitive to His leading. And just like Nehemiah here, um, you know, we, we need to not be so f set on our schedules and say, no, we, we, this, is the, this is the time space that I have for God, Right? Sunday between this and this time. Or perhaps Saturday I can give you a couple of hours. Other than that, don't call me. Don't, don't tell me that, you know, uh, don't tell me that you need my help because that time is for me and my job. That time is for me and my family, right? Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying neglect those other things, okay? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that God requests that we step out of our comfort zones as good stewards of time, right? Bole? Can? Good? Okay. Take home five. Take home five. A good steward of time will persevere even in the midst of external ridicule. So now we're talking about external, uh, external opposition, okay? A good steward of time will persevere even in the midst of external ridicule, opposition and persecution, right? So Nehemiah chapter 2 again, verses 19 to 20. 
But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. Where, what are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. And I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. Now, my friends, you see here that Nehemiah had already stepped out greatly from his comfort zone. And now the enemy knew that they were going to get a breakthrough, right? Now we know that the, our real enemy is who? The devil, right? Okay? So these are just his kakilang, right? <laughs> the, the people that he chooses to use, right? And so we, we, we know that Sanbala, Tobiah, and Geshem were triggered to go and create opposition, to go and, um, and, to, and to ridicule the, the effort that was being done, right? To persecute these people. But Nehemiah never allowed the ridicule, the opposition, and the threats of, son, of these three people to derail his plans. And so, as good stewards of time, we need to recognize the strategies of the enemy in making you delay and procrastinate when opposition comes. How often we do that? When opposition comes, we back away. We say that we need to take a step back. We need to slow down. We need to, uh, you know, reassess, right? Even though you have already clearly heard from God, you have the vision, and God is calling you to be obedient. But when opposition comes, when ridicule comes, when ex external voices keep coming and saying, no, you, uh, this is not worth it, you know, you are stupid, you, you are just being ridiculous, we say, okay, 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 and then let's just uh, take a step back, let's slow it down. But that's not what God wants, right? That's not what God wants. Okay, what are the voices of external opposition that has come against your life? Some of us, we have heard God speak to us very clearly. Amen? We know what we are called for. But over the years, we have allowed these voices of opposition to, 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 to make us take a step back. And so, what are those voices? Don't waste time in taking offense. You see, did you see Nehemiah take offense? Did he take offense? How easy it is for us to take offense when, when these voices of opposition comes. Don't waste time taking offense and trying to prove your point to these people. As long as you have spent time seeking God. So that's the caveat, right? As long as you have spent time seeking God and you're very clear of what God has called you to do, don't waste time, right? Know that God is leading us. Know that we need to continue being faithful with the time that God has given us. And just like Nehemiah, just declare to your opposition that God will make the mission succeed. Hallelujah! God will make the mission succeed. And continue being a good steward of time, right? So whatever you're going through in your life right now, I know we're all in different seasons. I want you to do this, right? Go back home, or even right now. Just declare, I'm going to stop listening to the voices of opposition. I'm going to declare that God will make the mission succeed. I'm going to press forward to all that God has called me to do. I'm going to be obedient to the voice of God. I'm going to do the things that God has called me to do. I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. I'm not going to delay anymore. I'm not going to take U-turns anymore. I'm not going to backtrack anymore. Amen? Can we do that? Right? This is the day. This is the day that we need to declare this church. Take home number six. A good steward of time understands the importance of team effort and unity. Okay? Team effort and unity. And this one, we're not, going to read, uh, we're not going to read the passage because it's so long. I just want you to refer to Nehemiah chapter 3. Okay? Go back and read Nehemiah chapter 3. 
right? Throughout chapter 3, you will see how Nehemiah was able to get everyone united. Amen? Yeah? And working together to fulfill the vision. And so a good steward of time will understand the importance of team unity and, eff and, 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 and effort. Okay? I want you to know this. If your vision doesn't require others to help you fulfill it, it is not of God. Right? It's something that you have yourself come up with and it's all about yourself. Right? Because if your vision is something that God has given, you will require the body of Christ to come together to fulfill the vision. Are you following me? Right? So this is a very important point, right? Okay? So as a good steward of time, you will understand that the entire church, the body of Christ, needs to come together as a team effort and in unity to fulfill the plans of God. And so our time collectively needs to be used for the kingdom of God, right? Because besides Jesus Christ, our Lord, can you tell me one person in the body of Christ that has been given all the spiritual gifts? Does Joel have all the spiritual gifts? No. Do I have all the spiritual gifts? No. Does Margaret have all the spiritual gifts? Does Alex have all the spiritual gifts? No. Right? None of us have all the spiritual gifts. And so, God has given us different gifts, the diversity of gifts, and we need to come together, uh, as Brother Anthony would have shared, right, to use our talents collectively. But in using our talents, that would mean also giving of our time, right? If you don't give of your time, you will not be able to use the talents that God has given you to fulfill the purposes of God, okay? So when every person is activated in the church, when every person starts to play their role and give of their time as good stewards, right? Then we will see the kingdom of God advance, amen? Take home number seven. A good steward of time will be encourages to the negative voices from within the church. So just now we, we talked about external voices, but now we want to look at the internal voices, right? Nehemiah 4, 10 to 14. And then the people of Judah, what did, they, what did they begin to do? They began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved, right? We will never be able to build a wall, uh, build a wall by ourselves. And meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. And the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again. They will come from all directions and attack us. And so I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. And I stationed people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows, and bows. And then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people. And what did Nehemiah say to them? What did he say to them? Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. And so, take up number seven. A good steward of time will be what? Encourages to the negative voices from within the church. Now, earlier we spoke about the external voices, right? Now, the external voices are people who are not aligned with you, right? No matter what you do, they're not going to be aligned with you and so you just need to ignore them and you just need to push them aside. But these internal voices, they are the people who are with you, right? They are the body of Christ. They have seen the vision, 
But along the way, they get discouraged. Along the way, they get disheartened because the enemy comes and attacks them. And so as a good steward of time, you would know how to use your time to be an encourager to people, right? So wherever you are, if you know someone who is discouraged in their faith right now, go and spend time with them. Encourage them. Build them up. Cheer them on. Tell them. Tell them to, uh, just, like, just like Nehemiah, tell them not to look and be afraid of what the enemy is doing. But remember the Lord who is great and glorious and He will be the one that is going to fight for us as we continue pressing on. Amen? Okay? And so church, this season there's so much work to be done for the kingdom. So we have reached a point where I believe that some of us need a reset. If you feel that your life has been really not bearing fruit, right, as you search deep, and you seem to be going in circles, right, we need to start recognizing the times and seasons that we are in. I'm going to say that again. We need to be discerners of the times and seasons that we are in, right? And so God is calling you and I to be good stewards of time. And take home number eight is this. And this is my encouragement to you, church. This is my encouragement to us, brothers and sisters. When we start being good stewards of time, we will see God do exceedingly, abundantly more than anything that we can ever ask or imagine. Amen? We will see the glory of God. We will see the breakthroughs of God. We will see the miracles of God. We will see the people we have been praying for saved. We will see that our ministry start to progress. We will see lives being transformed. We will see people encountering the love of God. It's going to be awesome church. And we see in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. This is a miracle, right? No one would have thought that in just 52 days, when they, after they began, the wall would have been completed, right? It was such a, 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 a majestic, glorious work that God had done because this task was an impossible task. And Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16, what does it say? And so on October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. And when our enemies, the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated and they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. And why was the glory of God manifested in such a way? Because Nehemiah and the rest of the Jews, they chose to be good stewards of their time, right? They chose to, to, to seek God for the vision. They, they chose to be locked on to the vision. They chose to put aside all other distractions and, and, uh, and, to, and even if it inconvenienced, inconvenienced them and their families, they chose to rise up and be counted for, to use their time for the mission of God. And at the end of the day, they neglected the voices of discouragement, the voices of opposition, right? And they were encouragers. They encouraged each other to press on. And at the end of the day, the glory of God manifested. And we see that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly more than anything that they could ever imagine or ask for. And today, my, my dear friends, God wants to do an amazing work in your lives and through you. Amen. God wants to do it. Okay. 
I want to ask you right now. If you want a shift, if you are sensing that there is a shift that, that God wants to do in your life, if you are tired of being where you are, and if you want a breakthrough, and if you say, God, I want more of you. Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, I want to, to be a good steward of my time. Lord, I don't want to keep going in circles. If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling that, really, Lord, I want more wherever you are, even if you are at home, I want you right now to just reach out to God. Those who are in the house, I'm just going to invite everyone to close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes as the music plays right now. Everyone close your eyes. Some of us, we have been so tired. We have been hitting the wall over and over and over again. We have reached a point where we even question, perhaps we are questioning our faith. Some of you are questioning your faith. What is it all about? Is this real? I want you to know this. God is saying this morning to my child, I am real. I am your God. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have good plans for you. I have plans not to harm you, but plans to prosper you and give you a good hope and a good future. And today, the call is this, my dear brothers and sisters. God is asking you to surrender everything to Him. Even as we have gone through this month about, uh, it, about the topic of stewardship, God is saying, come, would you surrender your talents to me? Would you surrender your, your life to me? Would you surrender your time to me? Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that this morning you see the hearts which are before you. You see the struggles and the challenges that we have all gone through, Lord, this season. You see the deep cries that we have been crying out to you, O oh Lord. And Lord, you are just reaching out to us, just like Jesus, when you calm the storm and you're saying, Peace be still. Peace be still. Those are the words of God this morning. Peace be still. Father, I pray, I pray God that my dear brothers and sisters would humble ourselves this morning. That we would all humble ourselves this morning. That we would know God that without you, birthing that vision in us, our lives are meaningless. Our lives are empty. Our lives, Lord, would bear no fruit, oh God. I pray, God, that from deep within rivers of living water would start to flow right now. That we, Lord, would, would have greater encounters with you this season as we position ourselves like Nehemiah on our knees, Lord, crying out to you, Lord, asking you, Lord, to, to help us to see things from your perspective. Help us, Lord, to, to be able, Lord, to just come to that point of breaking so that everything we have, everything we are is completely yielded to you, God. I thank you, O oh Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. And I pray, God, that from that point forward that we would allow the Holy Spirit to lead us day by day, step by step, walking with great expectations, walking with intimacy with you, Lord, knowing that our time is in your hands, surrendering our time to become faithful stewards of our time, Lord, Help us to capture the divine opportunities, the divine moments that you're giving us as we go and speak into the lives of others, as we go and speak healing and, and share the gospel and as we share the love of Jesus Christ with others. Let there be breakthroughs, let there be miracles, let there be salvations, let there be lives which are transformed, O oh God. 
Father, help us not to be settled with the status quo, Lord. Let there be a deeper longing for more of you in our lives, for more of the kingdom in our lives, God. This morning, Lord, let this new fresh fire come upon all of us. Holy Spirit, touch us where we are, Lord. Help us to put aside our selfishness, our self-centered focus. Remove these things, oh God. Help us to cry out to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy which is in our lives. We love you, God. We praise you, God. We lift up the name of Jesus, Lord. We know that all things are possible because Jesus Christ, you are risen again. You are risen again, God. And you are coming again. And Lord, we don't have much time, God. We don't have much time and we pray that there would be a sense of urgency that comes to us as we see the mission that has been given to us to complete, to go and make disciples of all nations. May High Point Life be a disciple-making church. May we rise up out of our comfort zones. May we no longer be complacent and maybe be good stewards of your time. And so I bless every person who is here today and who is at home. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen.